If you would, grab your Bibles, turn to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. I do want to encourage everybody that can, that can possibly can, to help us out at the Big Give. This is such a great, great activity. It's a, a way in which we really impact this community. It's a way in which we, as a congregations, as congregations, that we want to give back to those who are in need. And so this is a very opportune time for us, and we need a lot of help. You can, like uh, Mike was saying, you can stay underneath the tent if you want to and help give out stuff there. You don't have to be in the sun. Some of us are going to be in the sun for two days. And so we'll be out there parking cars. There's other things. We'll have some iPad things. We'll have people that will be running water to each, everybody that's out there and stuff. There's a lot to do. And so it's not just something that, can, that takes just a few people. And one of the reasons is, is we allow those kids to have a choice. As a choice to where they'll have like 10 backpack colors and stuff that they can choose one of them so it's theirs. And so it just makes it kind of personal for them, and they get to choose stuff as they're going through there. So that's, that's one of the things that we try to do is really make it so that the kids can have what they want and what they desire. And, of course, we get everything from the school as far as what that grade needs, and so we can pack all that stuff into a plastic bag. That's what everything on Wednesday night is. You're taking all of this stuff in their auditorium, which is spread out all over the place, and they have a system where you just go around these tables and you put them in bags and they give big old baggies and that's what they give. And they just stick those in the backpacks and give those to the kids. And so it's, it's a great, great day. It now is a great, great two days. And we need all your help that we can get out there for that big give. So please, please sign up so we know where we're short and where we won't have people. Please do that online so that we can have a record of your attendance. All right. The book, Trying, that I just read. Now, I was wondering, I wanted to do that book because it, as I read through it, and, and I was like, wow, this is, this is powerful. It's a very powerful book. And I wondered, what, what story in Scripture could I turn to? What story would actually bring that book to actual life? And so, I want you to turn to Numbers chapter 13. Now, if you're following along on the outline, good luck today. Okay? Good luck. So, we will, Greg will try back there, but I just want to open the scriptures and read and just talk just a little bit today. All right? If you remember, the children of Israel have come out of Egypt. They've been in the desert, in the wilderness, wandering around. And as they're wandering around, they are looking for food. They're looking for opportunities to eat. And God sends them manna. We have, it's, the law has been given at this point. They've come to Mount Sinai for the wedding feast between God and His nation. Because that's kind of what is the symbol there of what happens there at the foot of that mountain. And at the foot of that mountain, they receive the law from God. And now they're off wondering, and they're getting ready to take the land 
that God has promised them that they will have, that he is going to give them. And so, he sends out 12 men. Let's read verse 1, Numbers chapter 13. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Cana, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone, a chief among them. All right, now, I need you, to, need you to understand that. The one that's a chief among them. These are guys that would be older. They wouldn't be in their 20s. They would probably either be in their 30s or 40s. We know that one of the men, for sure we know his age, because that was Caleb, who is going on this journey with these other 11 guys. And we know Joshua is here as well. But we know Caleb is 40 years old. And he's a chief among the people of his tribe. People look up to him. They look up to him and they see him and they're going, wow, this is a great... Now, every single one of these guys were people that were leaders. People that they looked to, each tribe looked to as someone that could give them guidance and give them wisdom. All right, so drop down to verse 17. We're not going to read all the names of everybody that went. Verse 17. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said to them, go up into the Negev and up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people will dwell in it are strong or weak, whether there are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, or whether the cities that they dwell in or our camps are strong or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage. Bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. That's interesting that he put that in there, isn't it? You'll understand later why that's in there. We understand when they come back. And so the guys went up, all 12 of them, they go up and they spy out the land. And they're looking at the land and looking around. And look at verse 23. And they came to the valley of Eshcol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also brought some pomegranate and figs. The place was called the valley of Eshcol because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. All right, so we get this picture now. These 12 guys going up to Canaan, they're looking at all the stuff, and they've taken 40 days to do this. 40 days. They're going around from place to place, making their journey all the way around, making their circle around the whole place to find out what is there. And then they come back, and they come back with all this fruit, not only fruit, uh, grapes that are so big that you have to carry them between poles. I love grapes. That would be so good. Just one about that big, you know. Just get it all over your face. It'd be awesome. Verse 25. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, 
and this is its fruit. What's the next word in most of your versions? Say it. However is mine. However. However. What do you think about when somebody does that? What do you think about when they say, however, they give you this glowing recommendation, they give you this glowing thing, and all of a sudden they come to you and they go, but, however, you know what's coming next, don't you? You know something's coming, and for the most part, you know that it is not going to be good. However, verse 28, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, giants, big people. They were there. They were there. But Caleb, verse, verse 30, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let's go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, you have two different people here. You have this group that's on this side, and the group that's on this side are saying, however, look, there's giants in here. This place looks good, but man, have you seen all the people? Have you seen what we would have to go up against? Do you know that? And one of the lines in the book that I read is this, the fear of falling is the scariest part, and it stops people from starting. Is that not true? Is that not true in our own lives? That the fear, the fear of failing, not falling, but the fear of failing is the scariest part, and it stops people from starting. How many of us, how many of us, have done the exact same thing. How many of us, because of our fear of failing, have not made the first move? Have not moved in the direction that you believe God has called you to go? And we're scared. We're scared. And Caleb, one of the twelve, along with Joshua, which you see, but Caleb is the one that steps up and says that and quieted the people before Moses. It's almost as if these other ten are there, and they're just going, we can't do this. And Caleb steps up, kind of moves them all back, and says, looks at all the crowd, and he says, oh, yes, we can. Oh, yes, we can. We can do this. He quietly said, let's go up at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it. And here's the other line in that book that I want you to remember. Attempt what you can't in order to find out what you can. That was on the back cover of that book. When you picked up the book and you wanted to see it, it says trying on the first page, and on, you just flip over the book before reading anything, and it says this, attempt what you can't in order to find out what you can. How many of us quit before we can. We don't attempt. We don't attempt it at all. Because look at verse 31. 
Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Ten, two, Caleb, Joshua, and all these men that were listed in right there. They'll be gone soon. It's an incredible night. And I want you to understand this. This all happens in one evening, one night as they come back. All this, chapter 13, chapter 14, all happen basically in a 24-hour period. Then the men who had gone up, we are not able to go against the people. They are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. They didn't want to try. They didn't want to try. The ten who were here said, I don't want to try. We don't want to try and go up because we see the obstacles that are out there. We see those things are going to be hard. I can't do this. I quit. Just like the kids said, I quit. I quit. I don't want to do this. Look at verse 14, verse 1. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. There was negativity, there was distrust. There was unfaithfulness, and it became a cancer. Listen, it became a cancer that affected the whole nation. Ten people and two people. And you can just, you can just imagine this, because where would people all gather? They would all gather at the center of the camp. Where was what? The tabernacle was there, Right? And that's where they came to meet God. And so everybody's there. Everybody's surrounding us. Everybody has come to this to hear what is happening in the report that is going to be given by those spies to Moses and to Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword. And I want you to just notice the tense, tense scene that is coming up here. You've got these people. Now the ten is now thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that are on their side. They're on their side. We can't go. We're not going to do this. Caleb and Joshua are over here going, we can't. And look what Moses and Aaron do in verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, 
He will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Please only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Did they listen? No. No, because the next one is this tense scene right here. When Then it says, look at verse 10. Then all the congregation, all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Stone with them with stones. So you've got this crowd that everybody's here, and they're all going, we're not going to do this, Moses. You're not going to take us up to that land. Even though it's a land flowing with milk and honey, we're not going to try. We don't want to try. We're going to quit. We're going to quit. And what happens right as soon as they drop down to get their rocks, to pick them up so that they can throw the stones? Look at that next verse. What happens? But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. Now remember, now it's nighttime. And how did the glory of the Lord appear when he appeared at night? In fire. And so he comes on the tabernacle and there's this fire that they know. And all of a sudden everybody is looking because God is present in that place. Verse 11, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me? How long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I have done among them, I will strike them with the pestilence and and disinherit them. And I will make you a nation greater and mightier than they. God intervenes because there's a mutiny. God intervenes because there's rebellion. God intervenes because they don't have faith to move. You know what trying is? Trying is faith in action. Isn't it? I mean, that's what, it, that's what trying is. It's, I believe that I can get to here, so I've got to move to get to there, I, but I've got to try to actually get there. Trying is actually faith in action. I'm going to move to this place to actually be there. And all of us need that in our lives, don't we? All of us must have that in our life, that need to try in action, to move, to be where God wants us to be. All right. At the end of that evening, I'm not going to go through everything that God talks about here, but I do want you to see verse, chapter 14, verse 36. God has basically said during this whole time, he's saying, I'll just make, Moses, I'll just make you into a great nation. I'll just get rid of everybody and we'll just start right over. That's what he says. We'll just take them all out. I'll just do that right now, Moses, and I'll just start over with you. And Moses goes, hey, remember your pledge and remember your promise. So God says this, verse 36. And the men whom Moses sent out to the land, who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing him a bad report about the land. The men who brought up a bad report of the land died 
by a plague before the Lord. Died by a pledge, a plague before the Lord. If you go down, you understand that this is the same night. Because right down the next, next words, when Moses told the words to all the congregation, the people mourned greatly. And then when morning breaks, what happens? They, some of them get together, we'll go take the land. We'll go take it. Of those men who went to spy out the land, only Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive. What an intense night. All because you had a group of people that said, we're not going to try. We're not going to move. We're not going to go. I'd rather stay here. Now, this has hundreds of applications for all of our lives, does it not? Because all of us have times like this in our lives. This has hundreds of applications for here at the church, too. It has hundreds of applications for your work. It has hundreds of applications for your marriage. It has hundreds of applications for your children. Because all of us have this fear sometimes that keeps us from doing what we know we need to do. And keeps us from believing what we need to believe. And having faith to make those steps necessary because we trust God. And it's hard. It's hard. But when we have that faith, when we put that faith inside of us, and we believe that God is who He says He is, we can move. And whatever happens, whatever happens, we know that He's got our back. You know what happened to the children of Israel. For every day, for every day, those spies were gone. A year was given to them as punishment that no one besides Caleb, no one besides Caleb and Joshua, would be entering into the land that God had sworn to give them. From 20 years old, and on, all those people would die. Every one of them. And if you read on in, in Numbers, you read on, you get to see that they're going to divide up the land. And you see Caleb coming to Joshua. And he comes to Joshua and he goes, Hey, you remember, I was one of those guys with you. I was one of those guys with you. And God promised me the land. I need my inheritance because at 80 years old, I'm as strong now as I was then. And in the King James Version, give me this mountain. That's what he says. Give me this mountain. Man, I wish we were all like that. I wish I was like that. I wish we had the courage to say, God, give me this mountain. And in faith, we go. So I'll leave you with this. Keep trying. Keep trying. Keep trying. Look at the things in your life that you say, I don't know if I can. Keep trying. Make the move of faith in the right direction, the one that heads toward 
our Father. Let's stand and sing.